0: What's up, beer drinkers? We got another great show for you this week. Not only do we drink and review some delicious beers, but we also have a pretty good beer news segment. And our cold brew list reflects on Father's Day. The top TV dads. And we recorded this on the Saturday of Father's Day weekend. So there's a lot of dad talk. um, My brother and I being girl dads ourselves. And I kind of gush over my daughter in the drunken shenanigans. Uh, I don't. I talk about her sparingly, but I was really proud of her this week. And I just really had to get my feelings out. And what better way to do it? What better outlet do I have than my podcast, right? Am I right? I'm right. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for uh, downloading yet again another cold brew. Oh, before I get to that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and untapped. Search Cold Brew Podcast for all of your cold brew needs. And if you want to send us an email, coldbrewpodcast at gmail.com. All right. So without further ado, it's time for another cold brew. What's up, Chrome? It's our turn, baby. Beer reviews. We got them beer the Gucci reviews. is beer news. We Gucci, baby. This ain't our job, <laughs> but we're still fly. You know we're the flyers. Barely pay our rent. We still pay our bills. all our money is spent. hey you know that's right. On barrel eight styles Ooh. and barley wines. On barley wines, though. Talk about anything. Our Again, right. We do what we want. Cause we're cold, brew. We're cold
1: brew.
0: Coming at you, pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we are here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man?
1: I'm doing well, dude.
0: Let me first to let me be the first to wish you a happy Father's Day. Even though it's Father's Day Eve, it's Saturday, the 19th. Um, happy Father's Day, man.
1: Oh well, thank you, thank you. It's it's my second number number two under my belt uh, as far as Father's Days go. Uh, my daughter is almost 17 months old, and uh, yeah, dude, uh, th- that life is grand.
0: <laughs> Definitely, it's unpredictable, right? Especially at this age. Oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, they mean that there are little routines but at the same time uh, her interactions with the outside world is anything but predictable
1: okay. you know I'm going to say this too uh, and I don't know and, and hear me out okay? I think too maybe because I'm a, a dad a little bit older in life mm-hmm. than, than a lot of people are especially like you know like, obviously, and neither of us were dads in our 20s, so right. let's, let's throw that out the window. But I'm cool with letting a lot of things go, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's, I mean, I, I'm not, don't get me wrong, but, you know, the whole the whole stereotype of, a, of the first kid is always sheltered and protected and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like... What's she gonna do next? That's that's my question more than <laughs> is she gonna hurt herself? I'm, I'm more like let's see if she gets out of this one, you know.
0: So yeah, <laughs> let's see how yeah, she so, gets out of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So by the time my daughter's five, she's gonna be like Indiana Jones and shit, right? Right <laughs> uh, around with, with the bullwhip swinging around the backyard and shit, you know, just
0: <laughs> da, da, da. yeah, <laughs> swinging from tree to tree,
1: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's you guys swords, be cool. <laughs> oh shit. But Anyways, do you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, you became, you became a, a dad, uh, more years back than, than I did. So I'm yeah. just saying, do you get what I'm saying? No, no,
0: I get it. Yeah, because like uh, I I know. And some... then
1: even, even yeah. And then even too, I mean, like pull back the curtain. If I were to to ask you something, or and I have asked you and hit you up on some things before, mm-hmm. you're just like, just wait. Just wait. I'm like, well, dear, if this is the only advice I'm getting. Then, okay, I'll wait.
0: You know, right? <laughs> yeah, You're
1: like, it'll be fine. It'll be You're like, it'll be fine. Just wait. Just wait. You know.
0: So, I mean, yeah, a lot of things blow over. I mean, like when out when 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 my daughter was young, it was uh like I had no idea like uh, what, what was going to happen. And but now that it's already passed, it's like, oh yeah, I, I kind of made a little big, too big of a deal about like the small stuff. So. That's why my advice to you is always just eh just see what happens. They'll figure yeah, it out.
1: Like, like right now okay as long as she's breathing I just I just don't want her to get diaper rash. That's, that's like my <laughs> two goals in life. You know, <laughs> make sure freeze and make sure you don't diaper rash. Cuz I don't need a grouchy baby, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well you got to you got to uh, bring her up on the the three rules of life, right? Uh never get see. less than 12 hours sleep.
1: Never get ten hours sleep. (laughs) Never, never play cards with a guy whose first name is a city. (laughs) And never go near a woman with a dagger of a tattoo or a tattoo of a dagger.
0: (laughs) You stick with those. (laughs) Everything else is cream cheese. (laughs) Uh. Oh shit! All right, man. Um, Again, happy Father's Day and uh, happy June or Juneteenth to everybody out there.
1: yeah, you know, and uh, shoot, I don't know how it is out there where you, where you live, but like, it just seems that uh, there's political issue, and I guess somewhat resistance of Juneteenth when we're celebrating. What? Well, why don't you want to celebrate? You know? And uh, yeah. and I I've learned I learned about Juneteenth after yes my traditional or formal uh, public school education, and mm-hmm. I get it and. I'm just like, wow! It's that's crazy that like, even though slavery ended, it didn't end, like, and I get it. it was, it's not going to end overnight. However, it yeah. just it took the army going to Texas to to finally uh, end the last holdouts, and it, it's interesting history. Uh, right. At the same time, you know, it's like, you know, the the, the U.S. had to pull the the military on itself to, to get this done.
0: You know? <laughs> right. So, so well, they didn't have the internet back then.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have TMZ Where's TMZ when you... You know, you know the, the one the one thing
0: I have against Juneteenth... Against Juneteenth? Yeah, okay. is the name. Oh,
1: because... The, name, the June- name
0: always bugs me. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the, the Juneteenth. It just... It bugs me. But other than that, I mean, uh, I'm 100%... We're, we're
1: celebrating from the 10th to the 20th. <laughs> Juneteenth.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's my only that's my only beef with it other than that um, Yeah, uh, I I I don't see why people um, Some people are against uh, celebrating the day or at least um, Commemorating it But uh, okay, so uh, let's um, move along and uh, Let's get to the beer shall we? Sure. All right, so I have for the first time in my life, and plus first time out in Arizona, a beer from Aslan Beer Company. Now, I first had heard about Aslan from Steph, the beer snob. I think that's her name on on Instagram. I had her on the show like years ago, like two, three years ago. And that was one of the, the beer companies she said that um, she really liked and that she uh, talked about on the show a little bit. Aslan Beer Company they are out of Alexandria Virginia now this one I have is in collaboration with Southern Grist Brewing Company and it is called predictable patterns now according to so uh, real quick Southern Grist is out of Nashville Tennessee so we have Aslan Beer Company out of um, Virginia Southern Grist out of Tennessee And let's see, our collaboration with Southern Grist Brewing Predictable Patterns is a double dry hopped double IPA that is hopped with citra and mutere, mutere, M-O-U-T-E-R-E. It sounds, it seems like it's written in French, but if it's pronounced phonetically, it'd be mutere. This beer has notes of grapefruit, lychee, lime, and passion fruit. What is, what the hell is lychee?
1: Is it lychee or lychee? I don't know. I C H E E. I see it popular in like Asian, uh, like uh, like sake.
0: Oh yeah, they 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 um, they look like little urchins. Okay. Like the fruit looks like little urchins, and then uh, when when the little hairs are cut off, they kind of look like uh, um, oxidized strawberries too. Open it up, there's like some white flesh on the inside. But uh, I've, I've I mean I've heard of them before. And I can't really tell you if I've ever tried one, so this would be um, this be new. I probably wouldn't be able to distinguish the flavor in this beer, so um, I just wanted to know what light she was. Anyway, without further ado, here's the uh, Eddie Gomez uh, pop-off segment. Oh, yeah. There you go, Ed. All right, what do you got?
1: I got a beer I couldn't really find online. Okay. About information, but it's from Mason Aleworks.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They're out of, uh, down there in Southern California.
1: Yeah, they're San Marcos. There you go. San Diego County, California. All right, so it is called You're My Only Hope.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only
1: hope. All right, so it's a, um, it's a uh, pastry stout, Imperial pastry stout with chocolate and strawberries. Thirteen percent ABV. Mm. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, on on it. Um I'm gonna send you the artwork on it real quick. Okay. So um, hold on through the magic of editing you'll see everything.
0: <laughs> or through the magic of texting.
1: Without that any further ado, Papa
0: Let's see here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you have to spin the can a couple of times, or, you know, you have to turn it a few times, but there's a fire hydrant right next to R2-D2. They're, like, connected.
1: Right. Oh, but
0: do you see what he's doing? Oh, he's, he's uh R2 is handing a flower to a fire hydrant, like, uh like it's like- a, a, what do you call it, like Valentine's Day or something.
1: Right, like trying to pick up a girl. That's the fire hydrant, <laughs> and then even too. If you look at it too, like the fire hydrant, it's got the chain from from one cap to the other, but it could also be like her hand to her mouth, like "Oh my God,"
0: you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that.
1: Yeah. So. Wow, how did how in the hell did they
0: get away with stealing this IP?
1: That that's my thing too. It's, like how the hell did they get the uh, the uh, the art for uh, for. Uh, R2 or, or Disney now Yeah you know. it's
0: Copywritten Or right. trademarked Or something Jeez Well no. Alright Hey but I mean But that's pretty much All you need right To stout with Chocolate and strawberries What else do you need to say I
1: know. Right
0: <laughs> Alright so this one This is uh, You know there's Heavy notes of Lychee in this man Can't believe it uh-huh. no.
1: <laughs> you know, that's, that's Two questions I have is it lychee or lychee? Oh, you know what? Let me
0: let me look it up.
1: Yeah. Then my second question is, what's it taste like?
0: <laughs> oh, I I don't know. There's there's a lot of other flavors going on. So, um, let's see, pro, here we go. It is pronounced uh, lychee, l-a-i-c-h-e or is that let's see I see. Lychee. There you go. You hear it? That's what uh. Yeah. That's what Google says. Lychee. Right. Anyway, it's a a Chinese uh, fruit. Uh, And, you know, drinking it, I I get a lot of uh, tropical flavors, of course, like uh, grapefruit and passion fruit. And there's a little lime in there. Uh, I guess that's where the, uh, there's a little citrus flavor to it. I know grapefruit is citrus, but, you know. It's more of like that acidic type uh, like lime lemon type of acidity and there is a weird flavor in there and I'm contrib- I'm contributing that to the lychee flavor flavor profile. So, mostly see how uh, this tastes li- when it gets a little warmer. It's pretty warm already. I mean, shit, it's what 9:20 at night and the temperature out here is 102. Ooh. <laughs> And I have the AC set at 81. I was talking with our parents uh, today, like I usually do. And I asked them what they set their AC at. And I I was blown away. Because I have it over here at 81. And they're like, oh, yeah, we set it at 73. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. They give me a sweater. And our dad's like, well, like, I'm paying for the damn thing. I want to (laughs) use it. (laughs) I go, all right, cool. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, don't worry when you guys come down here I'll, I'll i'll set it i'll set it a little bit lower you guys will be sweet fine. yeah <laughs> Seventy.
1: 78 70.
0: i told him 76.
1: all right um <laughs> what did i say yeah what's peak over there right now or what was it this week
0: that, uh i think uh yesterday was 115 113 115 so okay. there's a heat wave going across the whole uh, United, not not just the western states, but shit all the way into Nebraska. There's uh, yeah. some yeah, I think uh, Death Valley today was like 130. The other day in Palm Springs was 123. So yeah, there's a, there's definitely a heat wave. Um, it was like 118 in Phoenix the other day, which was the earliest it's been that that hot. However, shit, just like two three years ago It was 122. I remember walking outside just to feel what 122 feels like and eh, you know anything above like 115 you can't really tell the difference
1: <laughs> right you're already miserable
0: <laughs> it's, but it's a dry heat <clears throat> and what I mean by that is like in July and August it gets to like a hundred and there's a lot of cloud cover and it gets humid so it doesn't really get above like hundred too much like maybe you know like hundred ten at the most but it's all humid and it sucks so i'd rather be 120 and and cool and then at night it cools off pretty well like by the you know because i work night so by the when when sun is about to break it's about like mid 80s and it's really nice it's dry mid 80s um you know, no uh, no direct sunlight just the, you know the dawn coming up it's like perfect and then that's that's about it. You get like a 15 minute window, and then uh, then then all hell breaks loose, figuratively. All right, um, how's your beer?
1: Uh, I'm sipping on it. Yeah, I, I get a lot of sweetness and um, some strawberry in the finish. So um, this is a pretty cold beer to start with. So seeing how it's going to open up. However, I am digging it. Yeah, it's like Neapolitan of- ice cream.
0: Yeah, you know, but, yeah, I can see that. But is there any vanilla in it, or is it just uh, just the chocolate now, and the strawberry?
1: According to the can, it's just uh, with chocolate and strawberries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like I said, it, it's not on their website. Now, I'm not sure yeah. why. Maybe because special edition or whatnot. However, yeah.
0: they don't want to bring total- attention to the fucking yeah. R2D2 on the can.
1: <laughs> right. So yeah.
0: All right. So Game we just- will. Yeah, we will untap these later on our untapped account. So friend us and we'll friend you back So you can see what we drink And rate the beer before the show comes out Alright, so that takes us to the beer news And this first story is This is what, like, I don't know Every year it's like a, a the last couple years, you add like another thousand to how many craft breweries out there. You know, there's 4,000 and a couple of years ago, it was 5,000 and 6,000. Now there's 7,000. Next year, there's going to be 10,000 craft breweries in the United States. Well, here's one out of Charlotte, North Carolina. They are closing down. They're no longer going to be a craft brewery. Now, we've talked about breweries um, going under. Or being bought out or, you know, being sold or whatever. This is different, though. This is a little bit different take on this. They're no longer going to be a craft brewery. However, they're going to be a craft ginger ale company. Interesting. The Unknown Brewing Company. That's the name, Unknown Brewing. I thought that was a pretty good name. UBC on Mint Street in Charlotte has announced that it will stop making craft beer and instead focus on ginger ale. Now, the unknown brewing company, according to this article, is really five businesses brewery, taproom, distillery, ginger ale company, and a food truck. Owner Bradshaw explains in an Instagram post it is gonna. Come to a surprise to some, but I have taken steps to transition the unknown brand away from all our current businesses, except the unknown ginger ale company. He's doing it in the name of mental health. He said five businesses is too many. My entire life. La- well, I mean, the brewery and the taproom room. Can you really consider that to those? That's like, that those go hand in hand. Or if you have a distillery in the tap room. yeah.
1: Hey, really quick. Who who forced him to open five businesses?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Who put a gun to his
1: head?
0: Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah. So if you have a brewery or, or distillery or even a ginger ale company, you might have a tap room and who, and a food truck. Is that really something you need? Usually breweries. Anyway, uh, splitting hairs here. Um, so yeah, so they're just going to focus on being a ginger ale company and let's uh, see if my entire life revolves around my business i have lost so much value and time with those i love shell said the brewery plans to begin paring down operations toward the end of the summer this doesn't mean the end of craft beer at the brewery location however Hopfly fly brewing of rocky mount will be taking the beer reins at the tap room so yeah so th- i thought that was kind of weird going from a uh, you know a brewing company just a ginger ale company and uh you know good luck uh, I don't know of a big market for ginger ale, but... Every once in a while, I like a Seagram's, but... I guess that's mass-produced. Maybe craft Ginger Ale. You could throw, like, different flavors in there. Maybe, like, a, make a vanilla ginger ale, or, a, Maybe a little bit spicier. Maybe extra ginger. Double dry hop ginger ale.
1: Right. Or, like, um, The
0: cinnamon? I yeah.
1: Uh... The like extra lime, so you could, you're already
0: there. Um, a Moscow Mule. Yeah, Sorry. something like that. Yeah, like the pre, they call it a pre mule. Like. <laughs> All right, next story. There is a brewery out of San Diego, California, called Pariah Brewing Company, and they plan to take over a space at 1700 West or no, 1700 Union Avenue later this year in Baltimore, Maryland. So here is another um, West Coast brewery buying a spot out in on the East Coast. Pariah announced this week that it will expand to Baltimore with its second tasting room and a brewing facility in the building that housed the Union uh, Brewing Company U- Union Craft Brewing, excuse me, uh, until it's moved to Midfield three years ago. So Union Brewing Union Craft Brewing was there. They they moved to Medfield Medfield. And now Pariah is taking over, uh, Pariah Brewing, this is the part I have a problem with, alright, so we've talked about brewing companies, I think, who was it, Green Flash, you know, Green Flash bought Alpine, and then they tried to open a tap room on the east coast, and it was just, they, they got too far extended, and I think they had to close it, now, shit, they even, I, they almost lost fucking Alpine, and, their shit, they almost had to fold, uh, from the stories I remember, they're still around and they're still brewing beer, but I don't think they've recovered and their street cred isn't what it used to be. I guess they didn't have much out here in Arizona. I don't know what it's like in California, but I remember they were the they were the hot upstarts when I left. So this kind of mirrors, I mean, this seems like it's a lot like that because prior Brewing Company founded by Brian Mitchell in 2016 opened in San Diego a year later with help from Brewery Igniter Program, a platform to help startup breweries get off the ground. The beer maker was awarded Best New Brewery by San Diego Magazine and West Coaster Magazine in 2017 and currently distributes products in California and Oregon as well as Maryland and Delaware on the East Coast. So, I don't know, it it seems like, to me, this... There's some harbingers here. There's some bad... uh, the precedent set I'm not saying It's gonna happen To these guys But Why Why are you Extending yourself So far away From your base camp You're not like A, a major Um Crap brewer Like say Sierra Nevada Or Stone
1: I have no answer For you I don't know
0: <laughs> it, it just It just it, All I'm saying This seems like A bad move For Pariah I hope it does I hope they 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 succeed. I mean, as far as crap beer goes, I I hope every company succeeds, but that's just not the case. And for these guys to move all the way across the West, like, how are you going to fucking oversee um, two breweries? Look, Look at fucking BrewDog. Look at all the shit that they're, the shitstorm that they're involved in. There's no way they can keep a track of their whole empire because they're just some punk brewers that are expanding way too fast and way too far away from each other.
1: I, I get that. It's like they're just almost franchising out the name, and not not really entrusting uh, uh, whoever is there to to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, they're not growing incrementally, as as I often preach on this show. So, I, I, I like I said, I really hope that they that they do well, and I hope they succeed. But I I just I think it's I, maybe the guy wants to move over there. Maybe he's establishing a foothold and then he's just going to, uh, you know, close down a San Diego shop just so he can go back. Maybe he's from there. Maybe he's from the East Coast and he wants to move back. Maybe his wife's family. Moved. I have no idea. Any personal information about the guy. These are just um, ideas that just kind of propped up while talking about it right now. Right. All right. Let's move to the next story. The third and last story. For this week's beer news And this actually came up last week And I kind of passed over for the other stories But I thought I'd bring it up On this um, show Because maybe not a lot of people heard about this A Finnish brewery is using goose poop To make a stout beer Finally (laughs) The one thing that Craft beer has been missing Is goose poop beer right
1: Talk to me goose (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, the crap beer industry is known to get creative Fearlessly going where other industries are afraid to go I, I added go because they uh, they ended the sentence in a uh, Are afraid to And you're not supposed to end the sentence in preposition
1: Perfect to goza
0: Yeah <laughs> I mean Look, when, when you're texting people It's cool, to, it's alright to to. You know, break some grammar rules, but when you're putting something online or or you know in print, it shouldn't shouldn't grammar count? What the fuck? All right. um, Usually, that means new ways of brewing or tasty and unique flavors. It can also mean things can get a little weird. Whether it's infusing beer with a cereal flavor. All right, we. All right. I think this person, Caitlin, hit. Is uh, not really talking to beer people. they're talking just the general population. Admittedly, the former two sound way more enticing. Oh, they're talking about cereal and fried chicken-flavored um, beers. That didn't stop Ant Brew. Ant, like, you know, the, the little bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finished microbrewery from going there anyway. The company's wasted potential imperial stout was inspired by the city of Lati. L-A-H-T-I, where the brewery is based. Ant Brew created its innovative new beer in celebration of Lati, being named the European Green Capital of 2021 and having a wasteless circular economy. The company has a whole line of wasted potential craft beers, which is meant to highlight food waste and other issues. Most beers in the line Feature less weird ingredients like wild herbs and food waste, but the brewery assures potential drinkers that the goose poop-infused beer is okay for drinking, despite whatever understandable hesitations you may have. The poop is used in a food-safe way to smoke malt, so they burn they burn the poop to smoke the malt. That's how they yeah. So they don't put poop into the beer or into the mash or into the. You know, they don't dry dry up with, with poop. They burn so they the poop. So they say. <laughs> yeah. not, yet, not, not yet, anyway. So they smoked the malt with goose poop. Okay, and we finally get to the story. I should have picked a better story because I read this last week and they got right to the brass tacks. And this time I'm reading the uh, different story by... What I say? Her name was Caitlin. Uh, this was on Thrill List. Hey, stick to your list, Thrill List. Stop writing real stories. All right, so goose poop beer. Would you ever try goose poop beer?
1: No, nor would I try that cat poop, <laughs> the cat poop
0: coffee. Uh, <laughs> this cat poop coffee.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's well, just like, even worse. Yeah, the, I guess it's like the um the the bean is eaten by by cats by I don't know if they're wild cats or feral cats or whatever. Uh-huh. And Then they're pooped out, and then they're so they're harvested after they went to it went through the cat's digestive tract. And um, they're still intact, so they, they, then they they, watch they them clean in... them and roast them for yeah, they clean them,
0: yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, people are weird, man. They'll try anything. I I just the fact that someone. <laughs> so what do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, I separate coffee beans from cat poop.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The the better question is, how do you discover that was a good idea?
0: <laughs> oh, man. People are strange. All right. Do you know what time it is? I think I do. It's time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold
1: brew list. As we As proceed, proceed, proceed to, to give you, to what, give you, what, you what you need. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Do you have any uh, role models in life besides your dad? Being
0: Father's Day. Oh, I, you know I've, I've had my share of father figures th- throughout my life. Like uh, my first manager at the bike uh, bike shop, Ralph. He was kind of like a, a role model in a way. Um, and, how about uh, this? Yeah.
1: On the screen.
0: <laughs> oh, like uh, like TV dads.
1: The, the small screen, Yes.
0: John Connor, I think, comes to mind.
1: okay. Well, I have a list of uh, which TV dad do you wish was your own? And oh, me and okay. Father's Day, I thought it would be a good list. So you want me to do top whatever, or do you want me to start one and we'll go down?
0: I got to say, I, tr- I try to be like a lot of TV dads to my <laughs> to my daughter. But when I want to make her laugh, my go-to is Homer Simpson. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um, how about like, uh, top 15,
1: 15 to one or one to 15, one to 15, one to 15. Yeah. All right. I like it. It's because, uh, number one is a good one. However, it might miss, um, our generation and the generation before us to an extent. (laughs) Okay. Did I give it away already? No. All right. Go, go think of classic TV and who do you think the, the perfect dad was?
0: Ward, I think you're a little bit hard on the beaver last night. Did
1: it? Did it? <laughs> no, no. Is it a work cleaver? No. Oh, even before then? No, nah, around the same time I was. Okay, would imagine. all right. Sheriff oh. Andy Taylor.
0: Oh, okay, all right, yeah.
1: From uh, Andy, Andy Griffith's Griffith show, right?
0: yeah, with the yeah. little whistle that's going on in the background right now. Yes,
1: and the return to Mayberry, too. They even. Uh, they even gave him his own spin-off of his own show.
0: You know what? One of my fun, favorite running jokes in that show is uh, Barney Fife uh, had a gun with no bullets one, in it. But he had one, one bullet. bullet in his in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Not Nuts, man. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next?
1: Number two. A little bit more modern, if you will. Phil Dunphy
0: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. From modern family. Very good. I always like the uh the that first season is just oh man, it's so classic. You know the first few were the you know, the first few seasons were great. I, I think I stopped watching after season like three or four just because I don't know, my, my life changed and so like I didn't have time at for the, the uh the time slide it was in. But man, I remember that first season like it was yesterday. I how he used to always wanna um he was always trying to gain favor with, with, uh, with Ed O'Neill, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It was, it was up, basically,
0: yeah, <laughs> but it never worked, right. but, but Ed O'Neill still loved him or liked him or tolerated him. Cause you know, he loved his daughter and his lo- daughter loved the hell out of him right. anyway. All right. Go ahead. No, what's next? Oh, uh, I have, I have a couple. Uh, uh, I'll bring it up when, when we're done with the list. Go ahead. All right,
1: number three. Mm-hmm. More popularly known as an uncle, but he was a father on the show. Philip Banks. Oh, AKA yeah. Uncle Phil.
0: Uncle Phil, that's right. Yeah, right. from uh, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah.
1: And uh, I'm not trying to knock it. However, you know, I think they, uh, they over glorified the whole why didn't he want me scene and because they were saying uh, Will Smith went off script and just was doing raw acting mm-hmm. with uh, with his uncle and and uh, the actor shoot I forgot his name you know
0: what i oh uh um, Phil's his name
1: yeah
0: oh yeah. James Avery
1: that's right James Avery and the thing is James Avery was just a smooth enough actor to, to roll with it and, and get a good scene out of it mm-hmm. I get it and I appreciate it however it wasn't like you know the Academy Award winning stuff.
0: The uh, Emmy Catch Emmy Award.
1: Either way, yeah. But uh, you know, However, it's, but, but as far great, as like great season actor. And do you remember um, when he was? Uh, he he was killed in uh, one of the Star Trek movies. James Avery.
0: Oh, he was. I don't I yeah. don't remember them. One of the the first the the, the William yeah, Shatner movie the, ones, the, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was con I think um, him and Chekhov both got the bug in him. but he, oh. he actually. Killed, he killed himself because he knew he was gonna betray the uh, Starfleet.
0: I remember the yeah, the, there was it was Chekhov and and there was one other guy who got the, so that was him. That was James Avery. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I had fuck man, that was a great movie. But real quick, that that scene you're talking about, um, when it happened, I remember I remember seeing it. I remember watching it, and it didn't really dawn on me until later, until like you know the the recent social media craze about that that scene and you talk about Will Smith like he, he was showing his chops like uh, like how of a good of an actor he was back then because you know back then he was just a rapper right just acting like goofy and so he actually he dug deep for that one and, and I think it was just more appreciated now than when it happened
1: I, I suppose
0: anyway alright let's get to the next one it's about fathers not about nephews
1: yeah. so number four Tim, the tool
0: man, Taylor. Ow, ow, ow. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, that, was a, that was a fun show. I, I don't know if... He was always hurting himself or... or <laughs> you know, he was very physical um, comedy with, with Tim Taylor, but okay. I don't know if I'd want him to be my dad. I never once thought, yeah. like, I wish this guy was my dad.
1: Yeah. Speaking of physical comedy, he had a great, uh, like, joke set up one time when... Uh, when he bent over and his forehead hit a, a wood table with industrial adhesive on it.
0: <laughs> That's and, right.
1: And then he comes home and he, and he's got like a little block of wood just carved out, just still stuck to his head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of trying to help him and suck like himself, they just cut him out of the table. Pretty right,
0: much. right. I remember, uh, I, remember no. we, we, I remember when he first came out He was on HBO Comedy Hour Or maybe Rodney Dangerfield Yeah, uh, yeah, there was Rodney Dangerfield
1: Yeah, show, Showcase I mean, he killed you. He was a great stand-up comedian Or yeah. had a great uh, A good enough set to get him a, a, a TV deal And he, he had ideas And, you know, he's had other Other hits I mean, maybe I'm not a fan of like the Santa Claus And, and oh, a yeah. couple of his other Like he had a second sitcom, right? The Last Man Standing. Yeah, there you
0: go. Yeah. Yeah, and that was just a few years ago, and then it got dropped by one network and picked up by Fox, I think, and, you know, had a second run, so, you know, he's had a lot of success.
1: Right. And, yeah, I mean, he's, like, the, uh, the, the, just, you know, at the end of the day, he realizes how, uh, you know... As a dad, he needs to do this or that, and I I, I just enjoyed improvement for uh, for his his wackiness too. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah. Oh shit, and uh, I mean we we were we were young men at the time, and so you know Pam Anderson and Debbie Dunning didn't help uh, didn't hurt um, getting us to to tune in every week.
1: Right, and for you, JTT, <laughs> the Lion King, perfect. <laughs> Uh, number five Dan Connor
0: oh okay what did I say I said John Connor right <laughs> earlier <Really? Right. laughs> Terminator you said
1: oh right <laughs> Sarah Connor oh anyway yeah <laughs> Dan Connor from Roseanne and I guess the short-lived Connors
0: oh yeah you know, did they pulled out already oh I didn't know oh okay was it was uh, kind of weird though that last season when it was like he was like it was like a fever dream, or like he was in a coma, or he had a heart attack, or something. It was, it was a weird that, that that the first you know, run like, of Roseanne.
1: As much as I was interested in it, I just never made time to to, to watch it and check it out. You know.
0: I saw it on reruns. I, I never saw it during the first run, but like uh, I remember the first like two or three seasons. Oh yeah, Dan Conner was great. It was fucking awesome.
1: No, no, I, I'm talking about the original Roseanne. Yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah. We used to watch that. But oh, I'm you talking mean the, about the. The, the reboot. reboot yeah and for the Connors and all that
0: yeah okay i saw a couple episodes but then roseanne ran her mouth and got kicked out and then they did a uh then it was just her it was just the rest of them right. yeah i i, I, missed, I don't yeah, know anything missed. about it yeah i missed all that
1: yeah not yeah again to not being political about it i just never watched it to
0: be right I, I never had interest in it to begin with the even when Roseanne was there, because it's like, all right, you guys already fucking did this. Uh, I'm done. Let's, let's (laughs) give me something new. All right, right, go ahead.
1: Number six, a man, uh, your daughter probably could relate to. (laughs) Okay. Gomez Adams.
0: Oh yeah, because she was Wednesday Adams a couple years ago for Halloween.
1: Yes, and she likes creepy guys.
0: Uh, (laughs) I, uh, I read somewhere that in the original, or not, uh, the movie, right? The, the one that came out in the 90s. There was, like, stage directions in the script that was supposed to be to, you know, for Raul, Julia, and Angelica Houston to, like, act like these two fuck all the time. And they, and they, and they know it's a kid's movie, but, they you know, they get, like, freaky. Like, not just, you know, fuck, but, like, you know, they, some S&M type shit. And that's how they were supposed to act. And if you go back and watch the movie, like you're like, holy! Like it flies over the kids' heads. Just but you could tell by their their mannerisms and their their um their what do you call it? Their uh their tone. That yeah, there's okay. some freaky shit going on behind the scenes. Now when you're I talking, about, yeah. Now when you're talking about the the original show, it, that was more campy yeah. and and yeah, he was like uh, silly. Yeah,
1: he was like. Uh, the slapstick charming, if you
0: right, yeah, that is correct.
1: All right, number seven, Carl Winslet.
0: <laughs> All right. right, good old Reginald Bell Johnson,
1: or as I know him as Sergeant Powell,
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, the, no. the Twinkie oh. Eater, what the Twinkie Eater,
1: the Twinkie Eater, yeah. Yeah, so he played Carl in uh, Family Matters, right? No, but then uh, we're referencing his diehard role as the uh, as the uh, oh yeah, yeah, the street cop, the 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 little impromptu therapist for uh, for uh, what's his name? Roy Rogers out there? What
0: are you Yeah, call John McClane.
1: Roy- yeah, but John McClane gave him Roy as for it, right?
0: Yeah, oh. yeah, that that, that that was his handle on uh, yeah. on the radio,
1: on the, right?
0: And also, you know, the, the liaison too, because he just he didn't want to talk to anybody there,
1: else. There you go, the liaison. That's good All right. However, no, um, interesting. Again, kind of like uh, the Uncle Phil role, where um, you know the 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 main attraction of the show wasn't necessarily his child. Oh or yeah, he was the father figure. You know.
0: That's true. Yeah, Urkel was the 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 main draw for the show. Right. He was kind of like the uh, the 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 surrogate dad because he always came over. Right, but you know, and and a lot like uh, Uncle Phil. I mean, he always he was very even keel throughout the show. Yeah, I mean, he had his co- comedic moments just like Uncle Phil, but he was like the the ground, the base. Yeah. He's and, a straight
1: man, or sometimes the the picked on
0: man. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. More so than Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil was more like the the rock. Not not like the rock. Not, not Dwayne Johnson, but like the 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 foundation so, of the show. Yeah, the on, base. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Reginald uh, Bell Johnson was more He was more comical But at the same yeah. time He was uh, um, always the voice of reason and To help out all the kids So he was a very good dad Word And he was a cop again <laughs> He always played a cop, right? He played a cop in yeah. that Didn't he play a cop like in uh, Training Places or some shit?
1: Training Places?
0: Oh no, no, you know he, he played, I think he played a cop in uh, I think 70 that '70 show Like, like when the, the kids got locked up I think he was the cop
1: Really? <laughs> I wow. think so, yeah. I, he played I a lot of cops. shows that much. But yeah, I know the fact that his two uh, most popular roles was the cop. Was
0: yeah, kind of he's yeah, his typecast <laughs> as a cop. The lovable donut-eating cop.
1: Twinkie.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Twinkie. Excuse me.
1: Moving on, number eight. I never saw this one. Charles Ingalls, Little House on the Prairie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the can, Michael
1: Landon I can comment on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, number, I'm sorry. That was it. number eight. Number nine. How? Yes. Oh,
0: from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Right. Good old yeah. Brian Cranston was like the polar opposite of Walter White.
1: <laughs> right. Walter White, <laughs> freaking amazing, legendary. Damn, I, yes. I want to re- re-watch the series. Right. But dang, Walter White, phenomenal. Uh, character, how? Yes, the whole kind of like the meek dad, you know, the whole. I don't want to get in trouble too.
0: <laughs> well, the, the the wife, uh, uh, who who played the the wife in that show, the mom.
1: Shit! Don't ask me.
0: Yeah, um, I wanted to say Patricia Richardson, but that was the uh, the mom from that was, t- uh, that was Tool Time Tool Time uh, mom, yeah, or Home Improvement mom. Let's see, Malcolm. Yeah, right. in the middle Uh was played by Jane Kusmeric. That's right. She was just so um authoritative and just like Alpha, like the Alpha mom that like he was just like he was just along for the ride. And one of the <laughs> one of the things that I really liked uh, or that uh that I thought was fun about the show was when Brian Cranston was like roller skating. Oh. And he busted out Yeah, he busted out roller skates And he was like a disco skater And I remember he reprised that um, On a Stephen Colbert show When, when he uh, They did like It was a summer thing and, and they went out And they they roller bladed Or roller skated to uh, What's that one song by Pharrell? Happy? No No, oh, yeah. uh, no, no, the one he did with Daft Punk
1: Oh, um Lucky Lucky, about to get
0: lucky, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and like they they did like this whole skating thing. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking skater, man. This guy, fucking a good old Walter White. Throw him, throw him a pair of skates, and he'll fucking skate all over your ass. Good for him. Awesome. All right, so yeah, Hal, uh, he was great. He was good in that show. I I fucking loved him. All right, next.
1: Next number ten is. Tyler Matthews from Boy Meets World.
0: Okay, all right. I watched, yeah, I watched a little bit of that. I think we, you, and I were like, like in our our mid mid teens when that came out, and I just felt like it was a little too kiddie for for me anyway. I didn't really watch Boy Meets World too much.
1: Boy, me- I thought it was, I thought it came out way later than that, I think they were almost done with high school.
0: No, I remember, I remember working at the bike shop, and right. um, and. Yeah, the the guys were talking about that show And I'm like, eh, I I just don't want to watch it And maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe maybe it was a little bit later Because we we worked there for a few years, so Yeah, I just, uh, it wasn't wasn't my thing, so Alright, I mean, I can see that But, uh, I was Yeah, we don't know
1: that Ultimately, we don't know the dad character Because we we never even watched
0: it Right, we don't know the scope of this character Go ahead, next
1: Alright, that was number 10 What are we going down to?
0: Uh, Um, I said 15, man But we've been talking about this for a while Rattle off the next five, and then uh, right. and then uh, we'll talk a little bit after that.
1: Number 11 is Howard Cunningham. Okay. Happy days. Number 12, Danny Tanner. Oh, okay. Number 13, your boy, Al Bundy, who should be <laughs> way higher on this one.
0: <laughs> no, he was he a bad guy. He should be dad. number
1: 10, right? <laughs> okay. Number 14, uh, kind of, a, I guess, a, a double dip, if you will, but it's... Jesse from Oh, uh, okay. He was in a um, death till, like way yeah.
0: later in the series though.
1: Right, but he was Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Uh, number 15 is Jack Parson from This Is Us. So finally a drama role.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess so, yeah.
1: Number 16 with the... what? What is it? With the foot in your ass Red Foreman?
0: <laughs> Dumbass.
1: Yeah. Uh, number 17. I didn't know the, the name of this guy from Eight Temple Rules. Mm-hmm. John Ritter.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Paul Hennessy.
0: Oh, that was his name.
1: All right. Yeah, 17. Uh, number 18, Martin Crane from Frasier, I like him.
0: Oh, yeah, John Mahoney.
1: Yeah. Uh, number 19, Herman Munster from the Munsters. Mon- <laughs> okay. Number 20, Edward Stark. Shout out to Big Ned.
0: No, shit. He only lasted, like, the even lasted a season. Right. All right, that's enough
1: all right
0: cool that's cool all right so yeah those are some um some of the worst dads though i was gonna i was gonna say walter white is one of the worst dads
1: no it ultimately he was just trying take care of his family
0: shit the way he did though fuck that his son resented him by the end and uh uh bill cosby oh yes (laughs) doctor you notice how he was on the list I know. Back in the 80s, he'd be on the top of every list.
1: Yeah, actually, he's on number, he's number 41 on this list.
0: <laughs> oh shit, he slipped that far, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: And by the way, did you know his name is actually Dr. Heathcliff? Cliff Huxtable.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, yeah, he was Heath, Heathcliff. I didn't know that. All right. Great list. Um. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. And and to the women who have to be fathers, too. They, they don't Ante get enough
1: And to even Heathcliff. <laughs>
0: oh, shit. Hey, that that first uh, um, concert oh, he dude. had himself was great.
1: Yeah. Philip Drummond's number fucking
0: 47. <laughs> he was below
1: fucking Cosby. Tony Soprano's 49.
0: No, shit, yeah. He ain't doing no, with no favors.
1: Ricky Ricardo, 54. Okay, we're going to land this list.
0: All right. How's your bridge treating you?
1: Oh, I'm enjoying it, man. Yeah. It's got a nice sweetness and... Uh, Costanza's 81. Okay, um... <laughs> 61, I'm sorry. Um, it's got a nice sweet. I'm going to close this window.
0: Because um, <laughs> you What was Homer yeah. at? What was Homer Simpson at, though?
1: Oh, I heard closed. Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Uh, this, uh, You know, I've had, you know, pastry sauce before. Right. However, not with strawberry. Yeah. Strawberry's really hitting it.
0: All right, so you had by Mason Ale Works. Uh, what was the beer called? I forgot.
1: You're my only hope.
0: Oh, that's right. All right, here, hold on a second here. You're my... Boy Blue? No. You're my only... There's a couple of you're my only hopes. But here's the Mason Aleworks one. Alright, what would you like to rate this beer at? Oh, one of our friends checked in on it. Jake Johnson. I'm not going to tell you what he rated it until you rate it.
1: I'm thinking... I have to give this one a four.
0: Holy shit! Okay, so... Jake Johnson gave it a 4.0. And it has 86 check-ins for an average rating of 4.02. So you're right there with everybody else. Everyone loves this one. What what are your three notes on this one? Or any notes? I'm not going to hold you to the the three-note rule anymore. Just whatever you want to say.
1: I just want to say... I want to say... Yeah, it's like sweet, starty <clears throat> sweet, starty, and strong. All right, as I still say three things.
0: <laughs> That's fine. I mean, it's just it's a good, it's an easy format to remember, right?
1: Right. The thing is, the sweetness because it's strawberry, it's different. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's a different.
0: There's a little tartness a little... to it, right? Right. All right, so this one i have is let's see the aston beer company and southern grist the predictable patterns let's see if i can find it here real quick um pre predictable patterns oh there i found it um this was really good i like it there's a um there's kind of a uh I don't know how to explain it hundred percent, cause the, the I, I could tell the, the the lychee flavor because I know what what pasture fruit tastes like more or less. I know what lime tastes like. I know what pineapple tastes like, and there's this other fruit fruit flavor that's in it that it's got to be lychee, right? Cause what else would it be? So I like this one. It's not my favorite beer I've ever had. I'm gonna give it a three point five. No no three seven five. I'm gonna give it three seven five a little bit because I really like the uh the 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 pineapple and the the lime in it. So I'm gonna give it three seven five. Let's see here. Oh it has a uh, overall rate of four point one two right now. None of our friends have checked in on it. So three seven five. I'm gonna say it is um tropical. I can't even spell tropical right. Uh tropical <laughs> And um, smooth and um, easy. There you go. And there you have it. All right. Um, we're getting a little bit long. Kind of trying to wrap this up, but something happened this week that I want to talk about. And that is that my daughter. So my daughter does a lot of. A lot of extracurricular activities. Um, She is in dance. She's in karate. She's in fencing. She's going to start doing ice skating pretty soon. And she had a recital the other day. Well, yesterday, actually. And so I've seen her dance before. This is like her third recital, I think. I'm I'm not 100% sure. I think it might be her third recital, maybe fourth. Um, cause they, they have two a year and you know, the pandemic kind of threw things off. So I kind of forget, but she had a recital and I've seen her and she, she's like, Hey, do you want to see my, my routine? So she's like, Hey, p- put on this song. And, and then she does her little routine and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So I, I seen the routines that she was going to do. She's in hip hop dance and she was in jazz this, uh, this last, um, semester. And so when she did her hip hop, um, she did the first half was the the uh, the routine she she would show me. The second part of the routine, which she didn't show me, she actually stood on her head. Now I've seen her do headstands. Um, she has she hasn't done a handstand yet. That just that just requires a lot of upper body strength that she doesn't have at nine years old. But she does a, she did a um, a headstand. She does like she can do the splits and do all these. Anyway, so she's up there on a routine, like, with people in the audience, and she does a headstand, and my heart just started fucking jumping out of my chest. I'm like, holy shit, like, she's, she's out there doing a headstand in front of everybody. Like, she's done it in the living room. That's one thing to see it in the living room. Um, I was like, I was like, oh shit, it, it I, I don't think she's gonna mess up. I've never seen her mess up on, on, on the, uh, the headstand she was doing, cause she does a headstand, and then she splits her legs front to back and then uh, she comes down from it. And so she did it and when she when she finished it, it was perfect, flawless. Like it went, my my nervousness went from, from anxiety to pride like in a split second. And that is a crazy, two crazy emotions to go through immediately. And I became emotional, like I, I, I kind of wanted to cry. I didn't, I held it in, but I was like, holy shit now she had a karate tournament that i hadn't talked about on the show like last month where she had to compete with people and that's a different type of anxiety that was like oh my god i, I want her to do well but she might not she might not be you know the the superlative in this and now you remember when you and i were young we didn't we 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 were in team sports, right? We had soccer. We had baseball. Um, I don't, as a parent, when you're watching your child perform or, or compete, it's it's nerve-wracking enough. But in team sports, at least if... Because if, I've been on like bad soccer teams. I've been on bad baseball teams. I've been on good soccer teams and good baseball teams. But it's like, you can at least put put partial blame on like the rest of your team but when they're like doing an individual event it's like it's it's a it's a different fucking animal dude
1: do you know what i mean i suppose yeah i mean my my daughter she uh yeah you know like i said i have a very very long leash on her what she can do and what she wants to do yeah and by the most i I just let it rip and i'm I, I know what your daughter can do. I, I've seen her do some, uh, I guess, acrobatic stunts. I have a, mm-hmm. a lot of nieces and nephews on, on my wife's side of the family. And, um, you know, th- their uh, sense of adventure is the whole spectrum from, you know, the, uh, the high wire act to the, um, no, I, I'm cool sitting in this chair watching TV. You know, so <laughs> right. uh, uh, I, what I want to say is, Just my exposure to kids has been a very, very fast, very quickly, and um, I see that. And um, with with your daughter, I she, uh, you know, she's obviously my niece, my first niece, and and I love her to death. And uh, I'm just happy that she does stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I rather her, I rather her be the one trying new things than the one content with just chilling. Yeah. So yeah, the fact that she's uh, she's doing her her handstands, uh, you know, somersaults and in, in, you know, uh, acrobatics in, in front of people, cool. You know right? Yeah, I was uh, and and
0: I know I know how she gets when when she fails at something because she gets really like really upset and really mad at herself and kind of like um, is goes into herself and gets introverted mad and doesn't want to talk to anybody and and even will cry sometimes when it's really bad but so like I don't know there was that part of me like that was anxious about like if she had messed up on that handstand like she would have been like almost inconsolable um but at the same time I wanted to be optimistic and and like like I, I know what she could do and I know she could do it well and she did it and she pulled it off and and it didn't surprise me that she pulled it off. So I I I don't know, man. It, it's 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 something that I wasn't prepared for. I I don't think anyone could really prepare you for 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 a lot of stuff that that comes with being a parent. And right. and I, I have no idea what it's gonna be like with your daughter because she's she's only seventeen months, like you said. Um, when she gets of age to do stuff like you know, I'm guessing like you know four or five i think we got our daughter into dance and stuff which she was more like six so um and that's when she started doing stuff and then and then karate was later and and fencing was after that now ice skating is, is first time this year so um with your daughter who knows what, what it's going to be like because right now she's a little bit too young to to know if she's going to do that but when you get there i, I think you will i think you it, there'll come a point where Where she'll be doing something and and even though I'm telling you this right now, it's not going to prepare you for the feelings you get when when your child is out there doing stuff. So I'm not saying I understand why parents get like really like overzealous and start fighting in the stands. But there's some raw emotions there that you, so maybe those parents cannot um, control. Word. You see what I'm getting at?
1: Uh, No, I totally get it. All right kind of like i mean i do swimming with my daughter and i'm i'm impressed by by what i can and can't do with her and believe me it's a lot of there's (laughs) i was joking around where um with my friends it's like you like they asked if she likes swimming i'm like dude she loves it dude i'm like (laughs) (laughs) by the time she's five i mean no one could waterboard her you know
0: what (laughs) what um has she done anything in the pool that you're like so impressed like you kind of got like a little bit emotional or choked up like whoa that's my daughter doing that
1: no i i i can't say that i'm just impressed on her advancement and how she's open to stuff i mean like okay she can't swim
0: Mm -hmm. i
1: mean you know but she she knows how to float and she she realizes you know that water water is anti-air so she you know she she gets her face up she knows how to turn her body around at the same time, she's not scared to jump in the pool either. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah.
0: She knows it's natural. It is that's not, nothing to be afraid yeah. of.
1: Right.
0: It, right but, you know, I remember yeah. the I remember the moment my daughter first swam across the pool by herself. And yeah. I got kind of choked up. So you might you might get that feeling too, because you know when when yeah. when they're young and they, they just want to grab onto you the whole time, which is fine. But the, yeah. the moment that she's able to let go and, and go all the way by herself. Hey, maybe, maybe you might feel it.
1: Yeah. No, like even uh, even though her classes are, are with parent, we, we just got her at the advanced level because she could hold her breath for five seconds underwater. And, you know, when she comes up, she knows to breathe. She's not crying or upset about it. And uh, she's just looking around or, or, or grabbing on to, to me, which, again, all natural reactions.
0: So, right, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, again... Long way from swimming across the pool by herself. However, she likes the water. She's going to figure it out, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right, man. Uh, anything else uh, you'd like to bring up on this episode?
1: Uh, no, I know by the time people hear it, it's going to be a little late. Oh, yeah. um, however, happy Father's Day to all the other fathers out there. And like you said, um, the moms who have to do double duty for whatever reason. We won't have to get into that. No. Nope. However, um you know, really, now that I am on this side of the fence with that, it's it's about the kids. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's like it's great. Uh, I'm happy that you know people are gonna wish me happy Father's Day, and and, and uh, you know I, I I'm thankful for that. However, it's it, it's not about the fact that I had a kid. It's the fact that I, I do stuff for my kid.
0: Right, hey, and uh, the today today I was I was reflecting on it and. Our dad's, uh, this is his 44th Father's Day, man. <laughs> it's, I, I just try to, you know, because I'm I'm of age, it's like, God damn, that's a lot of fucking years. Because I was thinking about it, like, this is your second Father's Day. This is my ninth. And it's like, wow, this is his 44th. <laughs> Nuts, man. All right. Thank you for downloading, yet again, another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we'd like to wish you cheers.
1: Until next day.